الحمد لله الحمد لله خالق الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم فملق التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم بشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم العجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا ما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث في كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإن جاهداك على أن تشرك بما ليس لك به علم فلا تطعهما وصاحبهما في الدنيا معروفة واتبع سبيل من أناب إلي ثم إلي مرجعكم فأنبئكم بما كنتم تعملون رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل وقتة من لساني فهو قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر أمين يا رب العالمين أما بعد I'm going to continue uh, my intention is to continue uh, discussing the series of ayat that deal with Luqman عنه, and the advice that he gave to his son. So I have reached the second of the ayat of the intervention. So let me remind everybody what that means. In this passage, Allah has spoken about Luqman, first of all, telling us about him that he had given him wisdom and that he, of the wisdom that he gave him his entire life, Allah chose to highlight in his Quran the wisdom that he was imparting to his son. So that's a pretty important moment in his life, important enough that we find a passage dedicated to that in the Qur'an. While he was giving his son advice, and when he got to the point, in the first advice, uh, which was not to do shirk, Allah did not continue telling us the advice of Luqman, instead spoke to us directly about parents. And I've given one khutbah about that, which was ayah number 14. And now it's the flip side of it, which is ayah number 15. Because there are two ayat that Allah interjects. This is not Luqman talking to his son. This is Allah talking to us before he carries on telling us about Luqman you know, conversing with his son. So in this ayah, I'll first roughly translate for you. And if they have both struggled against you, for you to commit a, a shirk, for you to associate with Allah. So if both parents have struggled against you to commit shirk uh, in, 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 or associate in a way that you have no knowledge of, of which you have no knowledge whatsoever, then don't obey either of them. Don't listen, don't take influence from them and don't obey either of them. So Allah is in this, in this ayah now saying, don't obey either of your parents, this part. 
and at the same time give them company both give both of them company in this life in a way that is recognized and decent ma'rufa and follow the path of the one that has turned towards me then to me alone is all of your return then I will be the one to inform you in detail the things that you used to do this is roughly a translation of the ayah the thing here to talk about is first of all Allah in the previous ayah concluded be grateful to me and be grateful to both of your parents you will come back towards me to me alone is the final return. That was the last ayah. This ayah concludes the same way. To me alone is the place where you will come back. So the idea that you're going to come back to me is in the 14th ayah and again in the 15th ayah. So that's important because now Allah is connecting two things. My relationship with my parents, your relationship with your parents, has something directly to do with the day we come back in front of Allah. Now, every action is going to be asked about in front of Allah. We know that. Everything will be questioned before Allah. But for Allah to highlight one action, and then remind us in, while talking about that action, that you're going to come back to me. Remember, you're going to come back to me. And I will let you know what you did, is to say, this is one of those things that I will make a big deal out of on Judgment Day. Like of all the questions you have to answer, this is one of the big questions you have to answer. Because Allah went out of His way, He already told us we have to go back to Him, we know that. But to say that in the first ayah about parenting, and then the second ayah about parenting, both of them, is pretty serious. This is also serious because in any religion, including ours, and when it comes to any rules, human nature is to try to bend the rules to your advantage. So you want to see things in a way that appeals to your, like makes the case for you, right? Um, the most crooked example I can give you is like accounting, right? So in accounting, if you, if you find a really good accountant, and it doesn't, they don't ask you, what do you owe in taxes? They ask you, what do you want to pay in taxes, <laughs> right? Because then they can do the numbers and not be illegal technically, but get you to that number, right? So you have the rules and then you can manipulate them to your advantage to get to where you want to be. Well, people do that in life with rules, but people can also do that with, um, with Allah's laws. So it could be that somebody says, somebody reads in the Quran, you have to be, Allah said, you have to be the best you can be to your parents, right? And now a parent could want an unfair demand, could put an unfair demand on their child. And when their child says, I don't think I can do that, they can slap them with the ayah and say, Allah says, you have to be the best to your parents. Don't you know you have to go in front of Allah and answer? Right? So now, what happens? Somebody's using Allah's law to take advantage for themselves. For themselves. Now in this ayah, in, in, in the first ayah, the children were told, you better be very watchful in how you deal with your parents because you can't hide behind excuses. You're not, you and I aren't going to have excuses. You can, I can lie to myself and say, oh, I've done my best. I could do that, make myself feel better. But lying to yourself can work in this life. It won't work in the next life. Because in the next life, your own tongue will testify against you. Your hands will testify against you. Your feet will testify against you. And you're going to say, why are you talking against me? I thought you were team me. You know? The one who gave everything and ability to talk, 
gave us the ability to talk. The question will be, why are you all testifying against us? We're, we're one, but no, we're not one. So the same, you know, when we think about self-interest, it's not going to look like self-interest on Judgment Day. Now that's important because the only thing that can really put a check on you is not the rules. You can have the best rules and somebody can find a way to get around them and still get what they want, right? The, your, if your heart is in the wrong place, then the right rules don't matter. You can use the right rules for the wrong reasons. And what Allah is telling us over and over again is, I'm going to ask you where your heart was. You have to come in front of me and all the excuses you gave everybody else and all the rationalizing and all the excuse making and all the justifications that you came up with to soothe yourself, to, to delude your, to, to maybe even lie to yourself and others, and it was very convincing, is not going to work on Judgment Day. And you're going to come only and only to me. You're going to have to explain yourself to me. So that reminder is important because Allah is telling us that there's a lot of room for manipulation in this relationship. Children can be manipulative and lie to themselves and say, I'm doing everything I can. And they're not. They're simply not. And parents can lie to themselves. And this ayah, both of them are being kind of put in check. Now, let's talk about this ayah, the ayah at hand. وَإِن جَاهَدَكَ And even if both of them struggle against you. جَاهَدَكَ جَاهَدَ يُجَاهِدُ جِهَادًا is to struggle against somebody. It's this family, this pattern in Arabic that means you're, you're, you know, you're in contest against somebody else. So the point of that in this ayah is Allah telling us that sometimes there can be a real battle inside the home between parents and kids. Like ideally parents and kids love each other, get along with each other, you know, they take care of each other and it's a nurturing, loving environment and we pray all of us have that. But the reality of it is even some of the best people that ever lived had tough parenting situations like Ibrahim salam, Right? That happened. And sometimes when you don't have a father, then you have a father figure. People that were supposed to be father figures of the Prophet salam, some of them were people like Abu Lahab. Right? Some terrible people in the family. So you don't always have a healthy environment from, a parent, from the parent side. And it can also be, you have very toxic children. That can happen too. Nuh had a toxic child, right? So it's not just parents are messed up. Sometimes kids can be messed up too. So it's, a, it's both ways. But this scenario is, the parents are struggling against you. They're fighting against you. It's almost like turning the home into a battlefield. Over what? This is his words carefully. He says, they're fighting against you over the, this cause. What's that cause? That they want you to do shirk over something you have no knowledge of. And that, that's, that, that phrase, let me explain that first, of what you have no knowledge. What does that mean, of what you have no knowledge? Allah is letting us know in this phrase that shirk and things that people want you to do because of their culture, because of their other religion, because of whatever's in their head, they want you to follow a certain way. If it's wrong, and if it goes against Allah, then you will know that every time somebody wants you to do something wrong, it cannot be based on knowledge. And the most offensive thing you can do is say, I've been trying to learn and learn what is right, seek knowledge, and live by what I know. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to learn and follow what, is, what I know to be right. What you're asking me to be seems wrong to me because I've never, in all my time that I've tried, tried to learn, I never came across knowledge that calls for this. So if you know something I don't, please tell me. So now, ilm, knowledge, 
became part of the conversation with parents where parents are wanting you to do something and you ask this question. The question was, I don't know of this. This seems wrong. And I don't know of this. This seems like shirk to me because the, 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 the ilah I worship, Allah who I worship, it seems to go against that. But if you know something I don't, I'm all ears. I want to hear about it. So you, before you disobey or say, I'm not going to do it, you're, you're first, first of all, they're asking you to do something that you've never heard of, that you have no knowledge of, meaning in your quest for knowledge, you never came across such a thing. So when you hear about it and they say you have to take part in it, first of all, you say, where did you get this from? Where did this come from? Because I have no knowledge of it. Because when I seek the right kind of knowledge, this never came up. But maybe I don't know everything, so you can maybe tell me. And then you know what, when you say that, so for example, just to give you an example, sometimes we have Muslims in different parts of the world who, you know, they, they live in cultures that were multicultural and multi-religious societies, right? So Muslims in India, for example, have been neighbors to Hindus for a very long time, right? And Muslims in Malaysia and Indonesia, for example, have had Buddhist neighbors for a very long time. Right, So there we, we're not just Muslims, we have other cultures, other societies, Muslims living in the West Indies, in Guyana, whatever, they have Christian neighbors, they have Christian friends, and they've lived there for many generations. Right, So we aren't just Muslim, we have other people of other religious faiths that are kind of, inter, in, there's a lot of exchange with them, so sometimes our diets are similar to theirs, even though we eat halal and they don't, but some, sometimes the, the, the kind of food we like is similar, right? The kind of clothing we may wear is similar, even though they're a different religion. But you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes their religion and what they do in their religion slowly makes its way into the practice of a Muslim family. Right? So they don't accept Christianity or they don't accept Hinduism or Buddhism. But some of that stuff, some of the, let me just call it what it is, some of the shirki stuff starts kind of by way of osmosis making its way into the family. Right? So now you're being invited, your parents are telling you that we're going to have this celebration. And it's the celebration that's associated with a Hindu god or something. But we're going to hold, we're going to invite, we're going to hold it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're all going to, uh, you know, partake in it or whatever. And you're like, wait, but we don't, we're Muslim. Yeah, but we have to be kind to our neighbors. You have to, you have to understand, we've been doing this for, you know, and this is a show of, you know, mutual harmony and love. Well, no, we can be harmonious to our neighbors by being kind to them, by sharing our food with them, by checking on them if they're sick. But I'm pretty sure I don't have to go to a temple to show uh, that I'm kind to my neighbor or to engage in a, you know, a, 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 a pagan celebration or a celebration of their religion to make them feel like I care about them. Actually, I wouldn't think that just because they came to the masjid and prayed with me, that now they're a good person. Now I'm not threatened by them. I, I, that wouldn't be the case, right? So why do I feel like I have to give up part of my religion and in, in, engage with some of their religious practices to feel like now I'm, you know, I'm one with them, or we're just we have we all have to get along. That's just how the world works. So it could be that the family wants you to engage in something like that. It could be that your parents are non-Muslim. They're non-Muslim. And they have had a celebration, a religious celebration, you know, a visit to the church or whatever. You know, Passover is coming or Christmas break is coming and the family gets together and they pray. They hold hands and they pray and you became Muslim. And now they're saying, hey, you're not coming for the Christmas dinner? 
Um, no, I can I can come for the dinner because it's family. It's they're still family, but I'm not going to hold hands and do the prayer. I, I won't do that because I, I'm Muslim now. Oh, you're oh, so you're not one of us anymore? No, not when it comes to religion. No, I'm still the same blood. I still love you, but you can be offended that I'm Muslim now. But I won't take part in that. And it, you know what that could do? That's not something that your family says. Oh, okay, we understand you're Muslim now. Oh, okay, so you don't want to... Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> Nobody does that. They will fight you to the nail. They will do jihad against you. وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ And then the ala and another place in Quran is لِتُشْرِكَ Here it's ala and تُشْرِكَ And the ala and تُشْرِكَ is a kind of isti'la suggesting that this becomes a mission for the parents. We have to make sure that our family does things the way we've always done them. I don't want my kids veering off and going into different directions. So they will make this about loyalty to the family. They'll make this about you, you better show respect. They'll make this about respect, loyalty. This will make this, they'll make this about how this, what you're a disappointment if you don't do this. They'll make this about hurting their feelings. You're hurting my feelings if you do this. In fact, there can even be Muslim families, and I know of cases like that, and there's not one or two of them, there's hundreds and thousands, if not millions of them, where when the parents find out that the young man is starting to pray five prayers a day, that they lose it. They lose their mind. Why are you becoming so extreme? I'm so worried about you. What are you... You're studying what? I found, I found Quran in your room. Why do you have Quran in your room? Do you realize what that looks like? Do you know who your, who your father is? Do you know who our business partners are? You know what's going to happen to us if they find out? You want to humiliate us in front of everyone? Oh, and then we're going to go to this party, right? We're going to go, oh, it's just a, it's a Christmas party. It's a New Year's party. So that, and there's going to be drinking, and there's going to be partying, and there's going to be, you know, whatever else, right? You guys know. You all, we all live in the real world. And now the family's going. And the daughter says, no, I'm not going. I can't go to that. I'm not, part I'm not taking part in an environment like that. Oh, it's just having fun. It's just families getting together. What, you don't want to be part of the family? Oh, you're better than all of us, right? You're better than... Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're, you're the... Oh, you, no, the, no for, excuse me, everyone. The holy saint is here. Therefore, we can't have a family gathering anymore. This is not even about your parents are Christian or Jewish or Hindu or whatever. Sometimes your parents are Muslim. What, is, what, is, uh, what, what do Pakistani weddings look like? What do Afghani weddings look like? What do Malaysian weddings look like? You know what? They don't look very different from a Hindu wedding. That's just a fact. That's just the truth. And a lot of what we do is a defiance of Allah's, Allah's rules. And a lot of times, even if the son or the daughter doesn't want to pay, take part in that, the parents say, oh, this is what your Islam teaches you to hurt your mother? Because if you don't come, how am I going to show my face? And then she's crying her face and you're like, I can't hurt my mother like this. I gotta, and then your father says, this is what you do to your mother? This is why you pay your college tuition? Give me the keys to the car. And so there's this, you, you better take part, you know, and you better align yourself with disobedience to, and by the way, disobedience to Allah, open disobedience to Allah, and celebrating disobedience to Allah is a kind of shirk. Why? How could that be? How, is, how can you compare openly 
and celebrating the disobedience to Allah to the same as worshiping idols. Why? How? How in the world? What does shirk mean? Shirk means you put someone equal to Allah, yes or no? When Allah has authority, Allah has authority. Allah says, do this and don't do this. But I come along and say, but my culture and my family and my social expectations, they say that your do's and don'ts come second, ours come higher. Have you not put a culture above Allah and His rules? Is it not shirking the authority of Allah? How, how is it not shirk? Uh, if Allah is supreme, is He only supreme when you do sajda? Or is He also supreme when He says this is right and this is wrong? And you come along and say, no, 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 I have a different right and wrong than yours. And mine's higher than yours. Yours only on Friday. The rest of the time is mine. Yours the rest of the time, but this one weekend, yours can, be, can take the back seat. For this weekend, you are not the ultimate authority. My family is. I am. You know, because we've got to do what we got to do. And then, وَتَكُونُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ قَوْمًا صَالِحِينَ And after that, you can back be, you know, Ramadan's coming soon, so we'll make it up. We'll make it up. This is also a kind of shirk. Shirk in the authority of Allah. And sometimes family will struggle against you. By giving the example of parents, because Allah says, you should be better to no one like you are to your parents, right? And by giving that example, Allah has done something amazing. Allah has told us that there are people we have to be good to, and the best of them are our parents. But all the people in your life that you have to be good to, you can make them extremely mad when it comes to obeying Allah, and when it comes to refusing to do shirk with Allah. And when they say, no, 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 Allah understands. Allah knows it's just a family. Allah knows it's harmless. Really, Allah knows? Show me where. Because I think it's wrong because of this is the knowledge I have, and that's why I think it's wrong. Our messenger, وسلم, who I love more than my own life, said this. My, my Rabb said this. Can you please tell me where you get the knowledge that what you're saying is right? I, I want to know. If you, if you can show me the knowledge, I'll do it. I'll do it. Because I'll follow the truth. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be rebellious. I'm just trying to respectfully say, what you're going to do, if you ask my advice, I wouldn't pay, take part in it. But I won't take part in it. But they will fight. You're not fighting them. You're not fighting them. This is actually an important part of the, the, the discussion. Sometimes people feel when they turn towards Islam, they have to fight everybody in their family. The Quran teaches a different picture. Quran says when you turn towards Islam, you won't have to pick a fight. They'll pick a fight with you. They'll come at you. Because you're not being like them anymore. So they're coming at you and they're doing jihad against you. Then don't obey either of them. Don't, now when you say, I won't obey, well, when, you, when somebody tells you to do shirk, you say, I believe in Allah, I will not commit shirk. No, 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 hold on. If an enemy of Islam called you, called you to commit shirk, you would take a tough stance, right? But if your parents are asking you to obey Allah, you will not take a tough stance. You will hold your ground, you won't obey them. You won't obey them. But you will never talk to them angrily. You will never raise your voice. You will never, you know, be aggressive. You will never say, this is the haq and you people are doing shit. No, you won't talk like that. That's not part of the equation. The, 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 the injunction, the, the command from Allah is what? Don't obey them. It's not don't obey them and put them in their place. Don't obey them and give them a good old lecture. Don't obey them and remind them how ignorant they are. None of that. None of that. Don't obey them and defend yourself. No, none of that. Just don't obey them. 
And then what? After don't obey them. Look at what he did right after that. And give both of them company in this life in a way that is dignified, that is recognized. Whoa. They're doing jihad against you. They're cussing you out. They're, they're yelling at you. They're making fun of you. They are constantly attacking you, emotionally hurting you, etc., etc. All of that because you took a stance. And Allah says, yes, and you took that stance for me. And I know they're fighting against you. And while they're fighting against you, you will still give them company and be good to them. While they're, while they're doing that. You will do that in a way that is recognized by, by, by Urf, meaning you, everybody knows what our parents did for us, whether we see the world the same way as them or not. And you will give them company in a dignified way. You will take care of them. I say, we don't let anybody abuse us. We don't. That's not our religion. But there is something pretty remarkable in our religion. That we develop a toughness and we still do right by people who don't do right by us. Who don't do right by us. We still do right by them. We still give them their rights. We still give them their respect. Look at the wording. You know, in modern Arabic, we say, Interact with them in a, in a good way. Allah didn't say that. Allah said, Give them company, both of them. Give them company. You know how, how hard it is to give your father or your mother company when they're, out, when you're, when they're on your case? <laughs> you know how hard that is? You know how good the, the door looks? <laughs> when you know how good the red button to hang up the phone looks when they're on your case? And in that moment, the ayah comes to life. Give them company in a way that is dignified. You remain dignified. You change the subject. You stay decent. You say something like, Mom, I love you. Aha, uh -huh, no, you don't. You just want me to die, don't you? That's why you're doing this to me. You, you enjoy torturing me. No, Mom, actually, I don't. I really do love you. Don't tell, I don't want your kind of love. You know what? I don't even want it. Okay, but I still love you. Stop saying that. You don't mean it. It's just empty words. No, Mom, I actually do mean it. Can I come over? Yeah, for what? So you can just hurt me some more? No, I, I'll never hurt you, but I can't. I'm still coming over, okay? Don't come over. I'm still coming over, okay? Love you, Mom. See you soon. Stay tough. You keep your cool. Let them take whatever jabs they can. Because they will. He, he said Jahadaka, so it's not going to be easy. It's a battlefield. They are going to throw stuff at you. And by extension, it's not just about parents. Because we have to be the best to them. It could be other people too. They're throwing, hurling insults at you, attack after attack at you. And you're like, you know what? I don't have to deal with this. I'm not talking to you. I'm done with you. Don't, I'm, I'm blocking your number. I'm not going over anymore. I don't even want to see your face. Oh, my dad, he made me so mad. I don't even want to talk to him. I don't want to see him anymore. Yeah, okay. Then explain what you did with this ayah to Allah when you come in front of Him. Sahibhuma fi dunya marufa. Did Allah say, "Give your parents good company, take care of them, be kind to them"? Did He say those things in case they are good to you? In case they want you to live as a good Muslim, or even if they're asking you to do the, the worst thing you can do in your life is shirk, isn't it? And they're for, they're trying to force you to do shirk. He says, don't fall into what they're doing. Stand your ground. Don't let them abuse you into doing something wrong. But then put up with their attitude. 
put up with it and deal with them in a decent way. Sahibhuma fi dunya ma'rufa. It's so epic. It's so heavy. But you know what? If you don't find strength, because you know, parents are supposed to be our comfort. They're supposed to be our strength. And if somebody's being tested with difficult parents, then where are they supposed to find the strength to be able to do that? Because human beings need strength. They need support. And this is the opposite of support. So what does Allah say in the same ayah? Follow the path of the one that has turned back towards me. Now the first one that's turned back towards him is Allah, Allah's Messenger himself. Stick with the love of my Messenger and the loyalty to my Messenger. But Allah will put people in your life who follow Allah, to follow those who've turned back to Allah. Allah will put people in your life who've turned back to Allah. And you cling to their company. You hold on, they become your strength, you become their strength. And what the, the, the most remarkable part of this ayah is, is at the end of it, Then all of you will be brought back to me. To all of you, your place, your final returning place is only in front of me, towards me. Who's Allah talking to? See, the, the ayah began, ka. The ka in Arabic is anta. It's just one person, you. But at the end, thumma ilayya marji'ukum. Kum is antum. It's all of you. So the, the ayah started with one person, telling one person, if you, parents are struggling against you, one person. But at the end of the ayah, it says, all of you have to come back to me. You know what he's saying? The children and the parents, you'll all be standing in front of me. And the parents will be answerable for why they were telling their kids to do shirk. And the children will be answerable for why they abandoned their parents when Allah said, keep them company. You'll all have to answer for everything. No one will get away with anything because all of you are in my court. That's the scariest part of this ayah. Okay, returning to Allah, answering for ourselves, that's one thing. بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Then I am going to inform you in great detail. I will inform you of the things that you used to do, each of you. I will keep complete record and tell you this is what you did. Then you did this, then you did this, and you knew this was wrong and you did it anyway. And you knew better and you heard better and your son said this in response and you didn't care. And your father said this and you didn't care. And when you did, everything will be brought out. فَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ so it started with our relationship with our family and it ended with where we're going to stand in front of Allah and He'll tell us, this is what you did to each other. This is what you did to each other. We think of Judgment Day as a day in which Allah will tell us what we did wrong with Him. We didn't pray, we didn't worship Him. We did. No, one section of Judgment Day is you said this to Him, He said this to you, you said this to her, she said this to you. Why, 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 answer me, why? He will, there's an entire, you know, sometimes when you have a family conflict, then you say, we need to talk to somebody, right? You get, let's get grandpa involved. Let's get somebody on the outside involved. Let's get a counselor involved. And then one side says their story and the other side says the story and they say, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. That's not what you said. That's not how you said it. You said it totally different. Oh, you're forgetting the most important part. Everybody's got their own version. And when one person's telling their version, the other person's like, seriously, oh, I can't wait till my turn comes. Because they're, they're totally... That's so such a liar. That's such a liar. 
And then when their turn comes out to give their version, then the other says, no, no. And everybody's got their own version and their own alternative reality, right? Instead of Allah saying, now you tell me what happened. Now you tell me what happened. Now you tell me what happened. Allah says, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you what happened. Then I'll tell you what happened. Then I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> so nobody gets to say, um, you weren't, oh wait, you were there, yeah. Allah is witness to all of it. More witness than any. And Allah saw the words that came out of our mouth. And Allah saw where they were coming from, from our hearts. And He will tell us where our heart was and where our tongue was. He'll tell us all of it. He'll, he'll, he'll put all of it in front of us. So this is actually the complete picture of, yeah, there will be sometimes challenging relationships in our families. What's the stance? The, what's the principle that we have to hold on to? We have to remember we're going to stand in front of Allah. Which means we can't bend. To make someone happy, we can't bend Allah's rules. At the same time, that's half the, that's half the message of this ayah. What's the other half? Two sides of the same coin. One side is, we will not bend to make parents happy or to anybody, or children happy, anybody happy. We have to submit only to Allah. On the other side, doesn't matter how much we submit to our, our, our Rabb, that doesn't mean we don't have to be the best we can be to those that we love. Even if, they're not, if, even if they're calling us towards injustice. We won't listen to them, but we'll still be good to them. We still have to be the best we can be to them. Both of those things have to be balanced, and both of those things will be asked about on Judgment Day. And Allah make us of those that are successful in our responses before Allah on Judgment Day, and overlook our shortcomings. And may Allah heal hurting hearts, and bring families together, and give children and their parents the ability to move on from past mistakes, and to find new beginnings. بارك الله لي ولكم في القرآن الحكيم ونفعني وإياكم من آياته والذكر الحكيم الحمد لله وكفاء والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على أفضله المخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا